This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. There's only one team in the National Football League that is undefeated. And it remains to be your Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome to the Arrowhead Pride postgame Facebook Live. After the Chiefs' 42-34 to victory over the Houston Texans, and this was a pretty good team. We knew the Texans would be pretty good going into this game, but a lot happened. There's a lot to talk about. What you didn't really expect was to see the early injuries to J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless, two very good players for the Texans, kind of a jarring start to this game with the initial injury to Stephen Terrell. Couple times you held your breath. We, of course, need to get to the Chris Conley injury, but let's get to the good stuff first and then we'll work our way to the bad news. There's a lot to be happy about in this game. The fact that the Texans scored 34 points isn't the best, but I think the biggest thing that you have to pay attention to right now is the fact that Alex Smith is playing the best football maybe of his 12-year career. And you go to his story, and you realize back in 2012, here's a guy that's in San Francisco again that year, playing better than he probably ever had. And what happens? He had a concussion. Young kid came in, a little bit more exciting, a little bit more daring, different style of football. And he got his job taken away. Fast forward, 2017, Kansas City Chiefs draft the most exciting player they have in a very long time. When's the last time the Chiefs drafted a quarterback in the first round? You got to go back to the 80s. Here you are in the draft. No one's talking about Alex Smith anymore. Everyone just wants to see the kid. What's the kid going to do in training camp? What's he going to do in the preseason? And here's Alex Smith. He does that interview with Graham Bensinger, I think his name was. And he says, you know what? I got a little bit more effort in me now. And then he came to training camp and he looked better, but you're never really sure whether or not you can trust your eyes in training camp. But then he did in the preseason game. Then he did in the regular season, shocked the Patriots. And now here we are in week five. And Alex Smith has 11 touchdowns and no interceptions and is by far 
the above and beyond most valuable player of the National Football League through five weeks of play, leading the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs. And he showed it again tonight. Doesn't matter if it's a short pass. Doesn't matter if it's a medium pass. He's taking deep shots, and it's with accuracy. These numbers from tonight. Smith hit 10 different receivers, so you don't know where he's going with the football. You saw creative play calling from Andy Reid as well. That helps. From Pro Football Focus, Alex Smith is one of just two quarterbacks to start every game this season and not throw an interception. His completion percentage, 76.6%. That's 5% higher than any other quarterback in the league. Again, from PFF, his passer rating is 125.8. No other quarterback is above 112. Now, you have to keep in mind, it's week five as well. So, while this is great, you need to be doing this in January as well, and it's very early. That said, he couldn't really be doing any any better, and he's on fire. 29 of 37 for 324 yards, three touchdowns for Alex Smith tonight. After the game, Derek Johnson interviewed on Sunday Night Football, and he said, Alex Smith is our leader. We love him. And you know what? No one is playing better football in the league right now. So that's takeaway number one. Number two. A couple guys we haven't seen from a while made some noise tonight. And by not seen, I just mean on the stat sheet. Sharkandrick West, two touchdowns. Gets the first touchdown. You're excited about that. But then on the second touchdown, he got that football and put a nasty juke on that Texans defender. Scores two touchdowns for Sharkandrick West. I know if you're a Kareem Hunt fantasy football owner, I'll admit I have in one of my leagues. Maybe you're not happy about the West touchdown, but you're happy to see it in West because if you think about it, this is a guy who led the Chiefs in rushing in 2015. Probably maybe deserves a little bit better of a look, but here they are, here the Chiefs go. They draft a rookie in similar in sense to the Patrick Mahomes situation, but definitely a little bit different because this rookie is going to start all of a sudden when Spencer Ware goes down. And there's two very different approaches you can take to getting the back seat to a rookie. Shark Kendrick West could have been a negative guy. He could have taken it the wrong way, and he could have went off on a path where, you know, maybe he's not on this team uh, in years of the future. Or you can accept that he can be positive, and he can just continue working hard. And you saw it tonight. He was ready for the opportunity. And that's two touchdowns. It can happen. And now, all of a sudden, with his burst and what he was able to do receiving the football, aren't you a little bit more excited about Shark Kendrick West? as a change of pace back, that doesn't happen if he doesn't stay positive. And this, if you know the guy, is one of the most positive people that are out there. So was I surprised by it? No. But you still got to give him credit. He's taken his role. And guess what? Tonight, he doesn't get as many opportunities anymore, but he made the most of his limited opportunities. Scores, scores two touchdowns. Nice to see DeAnthony Thomas scoring a touchdown. DeAnthony Thomas hadn't scored a touchdown in two years. This is a guy, Dave Tobe, called the pound-for-pound toughest player on the team. We saw it tonight. Great throws by Smith as well. Bullets. 
We want to talk about Travis Kelsey. Another big night for Travis Kelsey, and 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 you look at it, eight receptions for 98 yards. That's a good game, but he did it all in the first half. Didn't come out for the third quarter in the halftime locker room because he was showing signs of not being able to remember certain things, and that, of course, is a sign of a concussion. But before that, Travis Kelsey was hurtling guys. It's a little bit of a worry now that he's in concussion protocol, and it's only because different bodies react to concussions differently. So you hope he's back by next week. But again, you just don't know. Uh, I'm sure we'll get updates as the week goes on. But even before that, I, n- I know you, you compare the Gronk, but Gronk can't stay on the field. This is a guy who gets a lot of yards after the catch every time he touches the football. And yeah, there's some things maybe you don't like. It's that passion thing for the game. He took a couple taunting penalties. But man, this is a really talented player. So now that Chiefs have really talented players, you got a wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. Probably the best tight end in the league as far as staying on the field, yards after the catch, doing it all in Travis Kelsey. Of course, like I said, he's in concussion protocol. And running back in Kareem Hunt with a really good guy behind him in Sharkandrick West, that's a lot of skill players for Alex Smith to work with. And again, we'll get into Conley uh, as we move along. I want to talk about quickly the offensive line. Now, the offensive line for the Chiefs was something I was worried about going into this game. I actually predicted the Texans to win by a score of 28 to 24. The game completely changed when J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless uh, couldn't go on. They left the game early. Not as much pressure for the Texans, but you still have to give credit to the offensive line. Mitch Swartz played a fantastic game. Alex Smith had the time, and when he didn't have the time, he was able to roll out and still make plays, so you like that. Alex Smith also was able to scramble tonight, which was good. That's something he was doing in 2015, and he's always a little bit better when he's becoming that dual threat. We saw that tonight. Really underrated player in this game, you got to be sure to mention him, him, is Harrison Butker. Because there was a stretch of this game where the Chiefs were playing well, but they could not, for the life of them, get in the end zone. And you need to be able to get some some points after that. And here he comes in from a Carolina Panthers practice squad, you know, a couple weeks ago or two weeks ago. Kansas City, all of a sudden he's in Kansas City and he's the starter. He misses his first field goal. Reminding me of Kareem Hunt, who had never fumbled in his college career, fumbles and then and then recovers, but he, he misses his first field goal. He makes the game winner last week, and since that miss, he's been 8 for 8 from field goals. Harrison Butker tonight made field goals from 35, 42, 41, 35, and then 49. you got to feel pretty good about that, and it's seamless. You know, Cairo Santos is a great guy. And the Chiefs parted ways with him, and, and I hope he's a buck sooner rather than later. I know he's still recovering from that injury. I think Cairo Santos will kick in this league. But Dave Tobe really liked Butker, and I think you're seeing why. Because he's good. He's been automatic, and the Chiefs needed that tonight. You miss a couple of those field goals, maybe this is a different game entirely. You know how the flow ebbs and flow of a game goes. Maybe the Chiefs don't win this game if he misses one of these field goals. So, so important for Harrison Butker to make those field goals tonight. I want to talk about Chris Conley. Chiefs went on and they announced that Chris Conley likely, it seemed like it was like a 90%, 100% type thing, ruptured Achilles, which, as we've seen with Eric Berry and Derek Johnson, obviously means his season's over. So, you wonder what the Chiefs are going to do to replace him. So let's just talk about some guys. You obviously, in front of Conley, had Tyreek Hill, 
as your number one playmaker, wide receiver type guy. Albert Wilson, Demarcus Robinson, DeAnthony Thomas, J.U. Chesson, rookie who hasn't really seen a ton of time. He's been inactive most of the games this season, if not all. And you have two guys on the practice squad in Garrick Dieter and Marcus Kemp. And then somewhere out there in the middle of the universe, I don't know what he's up to, but John Tavius Jones is another name that comes up in my mind. So I don't know what the Chiefs will wind up doing here. I got to think because he's already on the main roster, J.U. Chesson maybe is the guy that stands in, and then you bring up one of these other guys. Just remains to be seen. I think the first thing you got to say here is well wishes to Chris Conley. You know, I talked about how Shrek Hendrick West is one of the best personalities on this team. You know, Chris Conley's right up there with him as far as just being a really good guy before he's a good football player. Uh, so you, you wish him a speedy recovery. Here he was already tweeting after the game. He does a he does a tweet that he usually does. Tonight it was glory to God in our wins and our losses. He tweets that after every game, but he added tonight, he knows the plans he has for me. So this is a guy who's very strong in his faith. And whether you're into that or not, uh, I, I think that he has it in him to handle this rehab process, which is going to be bad. And, uh, you know, I think a rehab process is never easy, but I think he has the guys around him in, an or, in the organization that'll get him there. And we'll see him back next year. So now to talk a little bit more about replacing him, I'd like to see J.U. Chesson. I think J.U. Chesson had a nice camp. I think now Albert Wilson's role gets a little bit bigger. And the good thing about that is, even recently, Albert Wilson, to me, when I watch him on the football field, it seems like he's got a little bit more pep in his step this year. He had that great play last game. I made a big deal about it on this uh, podcast slash Facebook Live, where he snatched the ball out of the air in a key spot in that game. Had the Redskins got the football back and picked it off, you know, picked it off in the air, Maybe that's a completely different game. Albert Wilson's able basically to save the game. Another nice night for Albert Wilson tonight. He had two catches for 18 yards. And when he gets the football, you know, he's, he's quick, always has really good awareness. You can tell that he always knows where the first, first down marker is. So I like Albert Wilson in, in a bigger role. And then you've had Demarcus Robinson these past couple of weeks getting more and more involved. Demarcus Robinson had a great camp. So I think it's a matter of the next man steps up. And Chris Conley is a good, good player for the Chiefs. But – I think they have the guys behind him to be able to survive this injury. I think what stinks about this is you're really enjoying one of the better times of this team, maybe in the last decade. And it seems like every time we're talking about another win, we're talking about another big injury. That's something that you really want to see uh, kind of stopped moving forward. I was really happy that the chiefs took less penalties tonight. They were averaging about nine. I think it was nine a game going into this game, they only had six tonight, so that was good. After a while, I think you're going to cost yourself a game if you take too many penalties, so they clean that up. Always good to see. But at the end of the day, and I think closing sort of my takeaway portion of this Facebook Live, I want to say that this is a very special year. I, I think right now in the NFL, what you're seeing, and you, and you see it every week, where a team will, will win a game, and then all of a sudden they'll lose a game. Like today, for example, the Steelers lost out of the blue to the Jaguars. Patriots were almost beat by this Texans team a couple weeks back. Right now, in the NFL, it's the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's everybody else. If you look at the AFC, the Chiefs are two games ahead of the rest of the AFC, 
except for the Denver Broncos. So, listen, very hard to go undefeated. I don't know if the Chiefs will be able to do that. I wouldn't necessarily rule it out as much as I had prior to, but I think the thing that you have to think about is if you're going to end up losing a game, which more likely than not you're going to, you're starting to not only win games, but you're building a cushion. So you can afford, if, for example, you have a couple injuries, like a Travis Kelsey leaves maybe in the first quarter and you end up losing the game because for that reason. Well, guess what? You're already two games ahead of the entire AFC. And it's just because the parity is so much there this year in the NFL and the Chiefs are playing above that. And the cushion that they're building is going to be so important when you get to these winter games, these late games that you're going to need. And you get to a situation where if you can continue to build these wins towards the end of the year, maybe you're one of those teams who's already have everything wrapped up with two weeks to go and you can get that rest going into the postseason. And you're not beaten down when Pittsburgh comes in and it's a rainy day and it's kind of a weird game. You're fresh, you know? Wouldn't it be nice week 17 to see Alex Smith in a a ball cap and you see Patrick Mahomes getting the start because you don't even need to win the game? I think that's what you, I mean, I know it's so early and I know the Chiefs got to win every week, but when you're even this early, when you're two games ahead of the conference, that's the type of thing you're talking about. So anyway, really exciting times for the Chiefs, really exciting times for Kansas City, and I think you got to be happy. You're going to be walking into work tomorrow. I know the Chiefs like to call it Victory Monday, but there's a lot to be pumped about. You know, if you're a Chiefs fan, walk, walk with a little swag because there ain't anyone close right now. And as far as the MVP goes, maybe the only one close to Alex Smith is on the same team in Kareem Hunt. So there you go. All right, as we usually do, I'm going to turn it over to you guys for any questions or comments. We'll just have a quick discussion. And then it's already 12.30 a.m. Central Time. So we won't go too long tonight, but uh, let's, let's see any, anything from you guys here. What do you think we can do to help prevent these injuries from Mike Gillette? I mean, I don't know. I, I think injuries have been crazy this year. You saw on that turf tonight, a, a number of players you know, got injured. It, it seemed like it was a harder turf. That Chris Conley injury was, it looked to be a freak injury. If you watch the replay and they highlighted on the replay, it looked like his ankle kind of clicked. And right away, a lot of players, Jeff Schwartz was one of them, former chief. He's an analyst now. was tweeting out, that's an Achilles, that's an Achilles. It seemed like guys knew it already. I don't know if there's anything you could do to prevent it. But what I will say is in my experience working for the Kansas City Chiefs, they'll change that turf, the practice turf, three or four times a year. Because Andy Reid is so, I think, nervous because you need you if you build a team like he's been doing with John Dorsey and now a bit Brett Veach, you build a team to have the guys you you, you picked or you brought here. So I think I think the Chiefs are very good about that. They make sure they have the best possible turf because honestly, the turf quality is just as important as the player quality. Because if they're not on there, it doesn't matter who you have anyway. So Here's what I'll say, especially when you're going to away stadiums, there's nothing you can do to really control the injuries because you got to play where you got to play. I know a lot of people complain about playing in Oakland because that stadium's not great, especially when it rains. You can't control the away stadium as much as you control the home stadium. But I'll tell you, when the Chiefs practice, they're practicing on turf that has been changed and rolled and things like that multiple times a year so these injuries don't, won't happen 
especially at practice. And so I think when it comes to that, you control what you control, and the Chiefs do that. Daniel J. Lance Jr.'s word on a Houston injury. I know there was a calf injury towards the end of the game, and they ruled him questionable. I, got, I think it got to a point where the Chiefs pretty much had the game in control and held him back. It didn't seem like it was serious. I have no additional word than what I saw what you saw, so I'm sure we'll hear more this week. ETA for the return of D. Ford and Tom Bali. D. Ford's now been out with a back injury for two weeks, and Tom Bali is still on PUP. PUP prevents you from coming back until week, until after six games. So now the Chiefs are five and zero, oh, so they'll have at least one more game where you'll see Frank Zombo if D. Ford can't go, and then it should be very interesting to see what the Chiefs wind up doing. I don't know if Tom necessarily comes back. I think he'll be back. I mean, I'm. It's one of those things where you have these reinforcements coming, but at the same time, you really do like what's working. I think a reinforcement that I'd really like to see back, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later is Steven Nelson. It was funny tonight when you're watching the broadcast, Terrence Mitchell getting all these compliments by the Sunday night football broadcasters. And then all of a sudden he's beat like for three touchdowns. So not great. I think the chiefs are a little light there at right cornerback. Marcus Peters is going through a little bit of a tough stretch right here as well. So Steven Nelson's return will be nice, hopefully coming maybe towards the middle of the year. Chris Overall asked, any expected time frame for Mitch Morse's return? I have not heard on that yet. What I will say is I think Zach Fulton's doing a pretty good job to go in there at center and for your quarterback to continue the best, playing the best football of his career is a really good thing. I think that's what's happening right now for the Chiefs. The center and quarterback relationship is so important. Zach Fulton's been able to come in there and he hasn't really skipped a beat, so I think that's good. I think you want the guys who you want starting there back as soon as possible, but still no no word definitively on when Mitch Morse will be back quite yet. Logan Van Ann asked, do we dare sign a new wide receiver? I don't necessarily think the Chiefs will go in that direction. I think they got enough talent in-house, and, I, and for what it's worth, I mean, as I said, I, Albert Wilson has been stepping up a little bit more as of late, and they've been involving Demarcus Robinson anyway a little bit more. So I think all these guys just get elevated. And if anything, you'll see one of these practice squad guys come up. It's really hard too. And I think this is a big point is you've seen all the stuff that Andy Reid is doing this year, as far as this offensive scheme, a little bit college style, misdirection, things like that. It'd be really hard to sign a guy off the street and have him just jump into this offense. And it's one of the toughest offenses to learn. You hear it from guys whenever they join the chiefs and with Andy Reid, because the way this playbook is built, the receiver's, could go into any spot at any time, meaning they not only need to know their quote-unquote their route, they need to know each and every route because it can change at any time. So it'd be really tough to just sign someone off the street right into the system. Is it an impossible thing for someone to be signed off the street? I don't necessarily think so, but in my opinion, if you're asking me, I think they solved this problem of Conley now being out for the remainder of the year in-house. Nathan Charles says, what's the word on Travis Kelsey's concussion? Here's what I've learned from watching the press conferences and reading uh, Twitter updates, Travis Kelsey initially passed a concussion test on the field that allowed him to stay in the game. But upon further testing in the locker room at halftime, he wasn't able to remember certain things. So they held him out of the second half. Now that it's been ruled that he has a concussion, he enters the concussion protocol, meaning there's that uh, independent person that needs to review Kelsey's injury. So it's really out of the Chiefs' hands. So now he has to pass what the NFL calls concussion protocol, and then once he does, he can return to practice. And that's a little bit of an interesting mystery because 
as I said before, uh, concussions are different in every person. So you want him back as fast as possible. But again, you know, this is the new NFL. So it's really the livelihood of these guys that you care about over everything. If he has to miss next game, which I think is your worst case scenario as he misses time, feel good about Demetrius Harris. Feel a little less good about Ross Travis. But Harris showed tonight after a tough game last week that he's got his hands. And the Chiefs trust Harris enough where you saw it again tonight. They went for two points. Who was that pass to, even though it got broken up? It was Demetrius Harris. They got a lot of confidence in this guy. So, again, worst-case scenario, I think Demetrius Harris steps in. Darren Gaines says, Steelers next week, Big Ben looks bad. How do we attack them? Well, Big Ben had the worst game of his career uh, today, or one of them. Five interceptions against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Chiefs seem to really be playing some of their best football, and the Pittsburgh Steelers were playing some some of their worst football. And, you know, there's been those problems when Antonio Brown and Big Ben kind of going after each other within the media, never a good sign when things are bleeding to the public. And, you know, you didn't really expect the Jaguars to beat them as bad as they did today. Uh, I expect if the chiefs just keep on rolling, I, I don't want to say that Pittsburgh will be an easy game because I, I, I never count out the Pittsburgh Steelers from rebounding. I don't think a five interception game for big Ben, despite what he said today means he's done. But I, but I will say, be hard for me to feel like the Steelers can win the game with the way the Chiefs are playing right now and the way the Steelers are playing. As long as as long as the Chiefs, you know, stay humble, and I think Andy Reid keeps them humble. So uh, not a huge that game next week, although it looked daunting when the schedule came out initially. Not a huge worry for me uh, as much anymore. When Morse comes back, who goes back to the bench from the O line? Irving looks good, and Fulton has uh, as well. It's interesting. Remains to be seen. I think the guys that have been starting since the beginning uh, keep their spots. So you know, I don't see Fisher or Witzman coming out of the lineup. It'd be interesting to see if they maybe were to move Fulton, Fulton to to the guard position. I think that's more of a natural fit for him than it is for Cam Irving. Cam Irving, they really brought in as a swing tackle, but he did have a decent night tonight. Again, it's hard for me to tell until you really go back and watch the all 22 film exactly how Cam Irving did tonight. But what you saw was that Smith and Hunt were able to work Hunt, uh, Kareem Hunt again for the fifth game in a row had more than a hundred yards. The only thing Kareem Hunt knows is getting more than a hundred yards in the NFL, which when you really think about it, that's pretty incredible. The kid comes in, fumbles his first ball, and then just continues to pour production. He was at a certain point tonight. didn't seem like he was going to get to hundred yards as, as the chiefs are bleeding out the clock. He's just running. He's running and running and running. Fifth game in a row. Every game in his career so far, more than 100 yards, so really impressive. But, again, you need the offensive line gelling well to do something like that. And they, they had a nice night tonight, at least from what I could see initially, in the initial look. Uh, so we'll get more to that on uh, this week's Tuesday show, which we'll be adding to our podcast channel. All right, guys, I think that's it for tonight. So, end of the day, Chiefs win the game. 42 to 34. It's not without some problems. Again, Chris Conley now out for the season. You wonder what the Chiefs are going to end up doing with Terrence Mitchell. There's a few other injuries you need to worry about, but that's what this week is for. You have seven days before the next game. Next up is the Pittsburgh Steelers with Big Ben coming off one of the worst games of his career. But right now the Chiefs are rolling, all led by, I like to call it, and Chris Collins were stealing my stuff. The new Alex Smith, killing it. Chiefs are 5-0. and They're in the only undefeated team in the league. Chiefs fans, you've waited a long time for your team 
to be the best team in the league. So enjoy this victory Monday. You hope the Chiefs figure out the injuries and things this week. I'm sure we'll get more updates, so keep it locked in at arrowheadpride.com. This will go up on the podcast channel. Sean and I will be reviewing the film on Tuesday, another podcast coming at you Tuesday. We'll, of course, have our flagship preview show on Thursday. But until Tuesday, Chiefs win 42-34, 5-0. I'm Pete Sweeney. Have a good night. Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Drink run. Here we go. McCafe coffees, shakes, and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man. Yeah, that's what they're going to say. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. <laughs> that's right. You the champ. The drink run champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Own the drink run, Kevin. Own it. Now get a small smoothie, shake, or frappe for $2 on McDonald's one two three dollars menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.